Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. As believers, we often talk about what our Lord Jesus did for us, and we often talk about what we are to do as followers of Christ. Today on Drawing Near, and for the next few studies, we will talk about the thinking or the mind of those who do the will of God. So if you're able, let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2 and prepare for a right mind. As we prepare for our study today, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, our God, our Lord, we thank you so much, Father, for the privilege that we have of knowing you, of being in fellowship with you. When we were lost in our sin, you in your love, mercy, and grace sought us out. You sought to redeem us. And you did so by sending your son, Jesus, your only begotten son, to die on the cross to pay for our sin. You didn't do this because we agreed to become Christians. You did this while we were yet sinners. That kind of love is amazing. And again, we thank you for it. I pray, Father, that we would diligently focus on what it is to be your child, to be like Jesus. Through today's study and the next few studies, I pray that you would transform our hearts and minds into what you desire them to be, and that we would surrender ourselves to following you in a way that you are worthy of. Guide us in our study today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to begin today's study by reading the first four verses of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. As we begin looking at this passage of Scripture, we recognize immediately that there are a lot of ifs in this first part. If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy? This idea of if is not if there is any consolation in Christ, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but rather it's the idea that if there's any consolation in Christ, and there is, if there's any comfort of love, and there is, you get the idea. These are conditional clauses that are supposed to be true. And so Paul's not saying maybe there is or isn't consolation in Christ. He's saying since there is consolation in Christ, since there is comfort of love, since there is fellowship of the Spirit, since there is affection and mercy, it's a very persuasive way 
of engaging his audience, the readers of this letter. And so we have to think, is there any consolation in Christ? Well, of course there is. Is there any comfort of love? Of course there is. It's a very important thing for us to engage God's Word, to be connected to the writer of this passage. And the writer is Paul in a human sense, but the writer is the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says, I hope to come to you, but I'm in prison right now. And so who is the one being consoled in Christ? Who is the one being comforted by love? This individual is first and foremost the Apostle Paul. He's saying, you all are partakers with me of this grace. You're partners with me in the gospel. And I desire, since there's consolation in Christ, to be encouraged, to be consoled. I desire to be comforted by our love. I want to experience and know that there is a fellowship of the Spirit between us, and there is a bond, a kinsmanship. I want to experience this affection and this mercy. I have something I want you to do, and it is based on these things. That's a very powerful and persuasive way of prefacing what he is getting ready to ask the Philippian people. But before we look at what he's going to request from the Philippian people, we need to acknowledge that there's not only consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the Spirit, affection, mercy between the believers in Philippi and Paul, but these things exist in their lives and relationships with one another. These are virtues that ought to exist among all believers everywhere, particularly in a local church or community. We should all know that we can count on consolation or encouragement in Christ, comfort of love, being in one body, loving one another, that because of the Holy Spirit indwelling each of us, there is a mutual fellowship of the Spirit between us. We have this in common, and there is affection, and there is mercy and compassion toward one another. So it's not just Paul saying, this exists between us, so do this. But he's also saying, do this because this exists among you. Our relationship with one another as believers is very rich, much richer than most of us understand or live out. We are not just simply a church or a community. We are a family, a family that is connected through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are to have deep, meaningful, affectionate, committed relationships with one another. So after all of this, what is it that Paul wants from the people in Philippi? Verse 2 says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. He's already addressed this idea of unity earlier in this letter. But now he's making this passionate appeal. I want you to do this based on everything we've already looked at, and I want you to fulfill my joy. Paul, how can we fulfill your joy, the Philippian people must be thinking? Well, by being like-minded. And here is the whole point. We're not talking simply about activity. We're talking about the internal mindset, the motives, the thinking behind what we do. Be like-minded. 
be in agreement with one another about the word of God. Have the same love. Love each other in the same way. Don't let one person be loving and you're not loving. Have the same love, the godly love. Be united not only in your thinking, but in your love for one another. Be of one accord. Don't be discordant. A discordant note in a song is one that doesn't seem to fit. It's a little sharper. It's a little odd. Be of one accord. Be in harmony with one another. Be of one mind. Function as one body under the headship of Christ, not several little parts all doing their own thing. That's what Paul says that he wants if there's consolation, comfort, fellowship, affection, mercy. This is how they can fulfill his joy, by being united in mind, love, accord. This is what he desires. How is that to be lived out? Well, we're told in verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, vain glory, but rather in lowliness of mind, there's that mind again, let each esteem others better than himself. We often hear about low self-esteem. The truth is, very few of us suffer from truly low self-esteem. Most of us regard ourselves far higher than we regard anyone else. Even in our low self-esteem, we're abundantly selfish. So he says, in lowliness of mind, in humility of mind, it's the idea of submissiveness, humility, lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let's put other people on the pedestal. Let's view ourselves lesser than others. Verse 4, let each of you look out not only for your own interests. We all have interests. Don't look out for only your interests, but also for the interests of others. Quite honestly, that's asking a lot. That's actually asking us to deny our natural way of thinking, our natural mindset, our natural function. Because by and large, in the flesh, apart from Jesus Christ, we are selfish, self-oriented, self-seeking individuals. And God knows that, and God says we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourself. That's why Paul puts all of these things before this request, because this is a big request. But this is, as we're going to see in our next study, this is exactly what Jesus did for us. And as followers of the Lord Jesus, we are to model that behavior. We're not just simply to mimic it. We are to embrace the mindset behind it. We need help to do this. And so, Father in heaven, I ask you to help us to do this, to understand it, to wrestle with it, to come to terms with it, and then to figure out, meditate, plot, how to do this thing day by day in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, among believers. This has to be important for the way Paul has requested it. And Father, I know it's important because this is your desire, because you through the Holy Spirit have inspired these words. So help us, Father, give us wisdom, understanding, and clarity. Help us, Father, give us a desire to embrace this kind of mindset, to walk in the Spirit, 
and not gratify the desires of the flesh. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page, Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.